0: Well, um, this morning we are in for a special treat. We're going to look at a great story in John chapter 9 in just a minute. And I've got two words this morning that explain what we're getting ready to do. And these are two words, and it's a very simple message today. In fact, if you're new to church or you're back to church or you haven't been to church in 100 years, today's a really good day to come. I I didn't say it was simplistic. It's very simple. There's two words today. One of these words is unexplainable, but the other word is undeniable. You see, all of us in our lives, we've had events that have been totally unexplainable, and yet they're undeniable. All of us in our lives have had experiences. We can't really explain them. We've had experiences, but they are Undeniable. We, we don't know how it happened. We don't know how we lived through it. We don't know how the car flipped three times and we landed up back on all four wheels. We don't know how the tornado took the whole house and we, we were standing there. We don't know how we passed, you know, the bar exam. We don't know how we got into the college. We've all had events in our lives and experiences in our lives that have been totally unexplainable. But yet at the same time, they're absolutely undeniable. And when it comes to your faith, and when it comes to my faith, there are a lot of things that are unexplainable, but yet they're undeniable. And even though we can't explain some things that occur in our lives, we know that somebody was behind it. Even though we can't put it all together and grab it all, we know that something supernatural was at stake in our life. And everybody in this room Every single one of us in this room, we share this in common. We've all had experiences with God or with godly people or with a good church or with righteous people. We've all had an experience there that's kind of unexplainable. But at the same time, it's undeniable that God is behind it. Well, I have a friend of mine who actually wrote an entire musical on John chapter 9. And he lives two minutes from my house. And so I've asked Gary Richardson today to come and to be the man who was born blind. And so Gary's going to come in just a second. He's going to be in character. He's going to be the blind man. Would you welcome for us today the man who was born blind?
1: So, last Sabbath, I'm sitting at my place by the temple, just where I've sat every day of every year for the past 20 years, uh, sitting there hoping that some of you good folks would drop some coins in my basket. And uh, this rabbi comes up to me, goes down on one knee, leans into me, and whispers in my ear, he said, I am the light of God. Of the world. I thought about that. I am the light of the world. Who talks like that? (laughs) Only a, a lunatic or while I was sitting there thinking about a response, I heard him spit. At first I thought he'd spit on me. That's happened before. Not a lot, but it has happened. Turns out he had spit on the dust on the ground and, and stirred it around with his fingers. And next thing I know, he's grabbed my face and he's spreading the mud on my eyes. And he said, now, go, wash off on the Shiloh. Well, it, it wasn't until that moment that I realized how Quiet it had gotten there in the square. Everyone standing, still, holding their breath, watching this rabbi, trying to hear what he said. But, but when he told me to go wash off in the Shiloh, this roar went up from the crowd. Everyone talking and, and, and asking questions at the same time. Is that, is that Jesus of Nazareth? What, what, what did the rabbi say? Did you hear what he said? Is he talking to that blind man? He's performing another miracle. And this roar went up, so many people talking all at the same time, I, 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 I couldn't separate the voices until I heard my friend Uriah lean into me and say, Come, my friend, let's get you to the Shiloh. And there were hands all over me, and I found myself on the shoulders of a cheering crowd, everyone yelling, Make way! Make way! Jesus from Nazareth is doing another Miracle! As most of you know, the Shiloh is a is a spring fed pool here in Jerusalem. My parents used to take me and Uriah when we were kids, especially in the summertime to to cool down and relax. But there was no relaxing last sabbath <laughs> this This crowd all yelling at the same time, was carrying me down this lane much faster than I had ever moved before, and we got to the Shiloh they. They grew quiet again, and they set me on the ground. And Uriah took my hand and, and led me down the steps into the pool. When I felt the water on my feet, I dropped to my knees and, and put my face in the water and washed and washed. My, my eyes were, were burning like fire. You, you know what it feels like when you get just a speck of dust in your eyes. Imagine a handful of mud. And I washed and I rinsed and when the the stinging finally became bearable I I raised my head up out of the water and I saw light People have been asking me what the first thing I saw was light Imagine living your whole life in in the cellar, with no windows and no candles that that's what my whole life has been like. i'd heard people talk about light before, but now I was seeing it It's the most beautiful thing in the world and 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 then I began to see the the outlines of the buildings around me and and then the faces in in front of me began to to come into focus. My friend Uriah next to me said, are you all right? How how, how do you feel? And I turned and I looked at him. (laughs) And I freaked him out. Our whole lives he'd been used to me turning my face toward his voice, but he'd never seen me look him in the eyes. Evidently, Blind eyes look a lot different than seeing eyes. Well, I, I startled him so bad he jumped back and almost fell back into the pool. And I laughed just as, as long as I had breath to laugh. Then, then the crowd began to press in around me, everyone looking at me, asking me if, if, if I could see them. Asking me what colors they were wearing, how many fingers they were holding up. And then this roar went up from the crowd again. Everyone talking and, and laughing and crying. People people arguing about whether or not I was the same man who sat by the temple all those years. People raising their hands and, and praying. Giving thanks to God right there in the square for what they'd seen. After a few moments, most of us agreed that we just witnessed a miracle straight from God. And, and this call went up for, for me to be presented to the Sanhedrin, uh, the Sadducees and Pharisees, the ruling council there at the temple, that, that, that they should see this God thing. I wasn't quite sure what I thought of that. I only knew three things about the Sanhedrin. One... They pretty much ran everything in town. Two, everyone was deathly afraid of them. And three, they were lousy tippers. Well, I didn't seem to have much choice again. And next thing I know, I'm back up on the shoulders of a cheering crowd. And we're, we're moving back where we came from. Moving pretty quickly. But the news about me was moving even faster. Faster. Everyone in Jerusalem was talking about me and my new eyes. When we got back, the, there were two temple guards waiting to escort me inside to the hall of hewn stones where the, the Sanhedrin was meeting. They took me back into the temple and as we got closer to the chamber, I could hear them arguing loudly. Our top religious leaders at one another. We turned the corner went into the chamber. And the entire Sanhedrin was divided into two groups. Hollering at each other. One group yelling, he is a sinner. He broke the Sabbath. The other group yelling, no, no, no. He's from God. He's done a miracle. Back and forth. And back and forth. They, They finally... (laughs) turned and noticed me standing there. This formerly blind man soaked to the skin, dripping on their floor. They said, you, you, you there. What has happened to you? What did he do to you? (laughs) I knew who he was. We all know who he was. It's Jesus, but we weren't allowed to speak his name in the temple. Matter of fact, it was common knowledge that anyone who confessed Jesus to be the Messiah was in danger of being excommunicated, thrown out of the church. I said, well, he put mud on my eyes and and told me to to wash off at the Shiloh. And I I, I did, and, and I can see. Immediately, they all turned back to each other and began arguing again. You see, you see, he broke the Sabbath. He's a sinner. No, no, no. It's a miracle. He's from God. Again, they finally turned back to me and said, Well, you, you're the one with new eyes. Who do you think he is? This is all so new. I, I said, he, He's a, a prophet. <laughs> they weren't happy with that answer and, and they had the guards escort me out of the chambers to wait for them while they discussed things further. I said, all right, I, I, I didn't mind waiting. I, I had new eyes. And there was so much to see. The, the, the stone in the wall of the temple before, to me, stone was just rough and, and cold. But now, I could see what you see. Stone has got all these different colors, layers of color. And when you get up close, little tiny specks, little flecks of metal that, that reflect the sun and, and sparkle like diamonds. The the guard closest to me had a, a breastplate on and it was made of brass. Before to me, brass was just smooth and, and cold, but now Brass is, is golden and, and shiny like a mirror. And not just on his breastplate, but on his helmet and the strap coming down on the side. His beard, when you got up close, the, the individual hairs, many of them were different colors. And, 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 and then the stubble where he trimmed his beard. And, and then his skin, when you got up close, it wasn't just one color. It was lots of little different colors. Must have gotten a little too close because he told me to back off. That's all right. There's so much to see. Well, the word came, we were summoned back into the council chambers. And as we were heading back in, I saw this older couple coming out, uh, kind of huddled together, talking very quietly, frightened. And they looked up at me and stopped in their tracks their mouths open and this woman began to cry and this man looked at me and said son it was my parents they'd cared for me my whole life but I had never seen them before well we we grabbed each other tight and We were laughing and crying. The guard came up to peel me off to take me back to the chamber. And my father whispered in my ear, He said, Be very careful. They want you to disavow Jesus. And then we were walking back to the council. And I thought to myself, This council has threatened my parents. We walked back inside. They were all together now, standing there. And they said, I'm assuming the chief priest said to me very formally, now, you give thanks to God for what's happened to you. As for this, this person, he's a sinner. I said, well, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. It's one thing I do know. I, I was blind." And now I can see. They said, again, tell us what happened to you. I had had just about enough of this counsel. I said, you want me to tell you again? Why would you want me? Oh, maybe you want to become his disciples too. yelled back at me, you're his disciple. We are disciples of Moses. As for this, this person, we don't know where he comes from. And I said, well now isn't that interesting? You don't know where he comes from. But he opened my eyes. He comes from God. Can't you see that? Can't you see me? And they cursed and yelled, called me some very creative names, and had me thrown out of the temple. And when I say thrown out of the temple, I mean thrown out of the temple. It it must have been raining while we were inside because I landed face down in a mud puddle. They're beautiful, aren't they? Mud puddles. You can... Sea reflected the the sky and the surface, and, and, and a bird flying across. Well, you know how beautiful mud puddles are. The next thing I saw were his his feet, and I heard that voice. Now, do you believe in the Son of Man? And I jumped to my feet and I said, Believe in the Son of Man, sir. You tell me who the Son of Man is and I'll believe in him. He smiled and he said, You are looking at him now. And I fell at his feet and I worshipped him right there in the street. And that was last Sabbath. The Sanhedrin has had me excommunicated. I'm to be excluded from all worship at the temple and all the celebrations there. I'm to be shunned by all the people of our faith. But you haven't shunned me, have you? God bless you all. And at the end of the day, I can can handle a little shunning. I have new eyes. And I was healed by the Messiah. You know, centuries ago, the, the prophets said that one of the signs of the Messiah would be that he would open the eyes of the blind. And that he has done and I'll never forget what he told me I am the light of the world and now I will never forget his face
0: That's Gary Richardson, and we really appreciate Gary. Like I said, he lives two miles from me, and we're at the Starbucks at Ridgemore all the time, and we're working on some of the same people. We're tag-teaming together. But I wanted you today to be introduced to this idea. See, that story, that story is unexplainable, but that story is undeniable. And I want to give a human illustration for that and then talk about your life in just a second. This this concept of unexplainable, undeniable came to me about 10 years ago, and we were on vacation, and there was a batting cage, and we wanted to hit some baseballs, Ethan and I did, and so we cranked up the machine to about 70 miles an hour to see how many of these ba- baseballs we could hit, and out of about 30 baseballs, I fouled off three. I didn't hit a single one, and it got me to thinking about you know the science of a fastball, And so I did a little bit of research, and scientists claim that it is impossible for anybody to hit a baseball past 85 miles an hour. Science has concluded that there's no way any of us in this room, especially me, but there's no way any pro athlete can ever hit a baseball faster than 85 miles an hour. If it's 86, you can't do it. And science says it takes a fraction of a second for the eye to see it. It takes a fraction of a second for the mind to decide. It takes a fraction of a second then for, you know, hips, wrists, legs, feet, everything to to make a decision to swing. And science has concluded it is absolutely impossible for anybody to hit a fastball more than 85 or 86 miles an hour. It It is science. And yet everybody in this room, we've watched people on television we've watched Evan Longoria, we've watched Ben Zobras, we've watched Will Myers, we've watched the greats throughout all of history, and we know in this room that some pro athletes have hit baseballs 86 miles an hour, 88 miles an hour, 90 miles an hour, 92 miles an hour, occasionally 95 or 96 miles an hour. And science is absolutely baffled as to how that could ever take place. But we know that even though it's unexplainable, it's undeniable, isn't it? Even though science cannot explain how anybody could ever hit a fastball more than 85 or 86 miles an hour, it's unexplainable, but it's absolutely undeniable. In this story, in verse 32 of John chapter 9, it says this, no one has ever opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. And so this is, a, this is an unexplainable event, but here's the man who was born blind, parents said he was blind, friends said he was blind, and now the man can see. It was unexplainable, but it's undeniable. My friends, there's a lot of things about God I cannot explain. But it's undeniable that God loves you and likes you and has a perfect plan for your life. It is unexplainable to me how God had perfect fellowship with God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit, and yet God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit decided to create man and create woman and have a relationship. That is unexplainable to me. Why if you've got the Son and the Father, would you ever create man? I don't know. But God In his infinite wisdom created you and created me. It's unexplainable, but it's undeniable. It's unexplainable to me, even though we have rejected God and we have resisted God and we've been stubborn to God and we've not always turned our hearts to God, that God would still reach out and love us time after time after time. That is unexplainable but it is truly undeniable that God loves you and likes you and has a perfect plan for your life. This story is fascinating to me. Guy says, I don't know if he's a sinner or not, but one thing I do know, I was blind and now I can see. And in your walk with God, I don't know that you're ever gonna cross every T and dot every I. I don't think you're ever going to connect every single dot of theology. But there are things that happen to you that are absolutely unexplainable. And how God comes into your life, and you know it's God. It's a gentle whisper, or it's a rushing roar. It's an unexpected neighbor inviting you to church. Or it's a grandmother who's been on her knees for 40 years praying for a legacy for her family. These things are unexplainable, but you know deep inside of your heart that God is calling you, he is wooing you, and he's asking you to come into a relationship with him. There's a lot about all this that's unexplainable to me, but it's absolutely undeniable that God likes you God has reached out to you. God has a plan for you. And God wants you to grow and grow and grow in your relationship with him. So how does that happen? Well, it's just like this particular man. This man went through an experience. And you've had experiences with God. And you've had experiences with godly people. And you've had experiences with God's word. And you've had experiences with God's church. As you go through those experiences, even though you can't explain everything, you begin to realize that many of these things are absolutely undeniable. That there's an undeniable peace that God is at work in your life. And so I love this piece where he says this. Jesus finds him. The man had been thrown out. And Jesus said, do you believe in the Son of Man? who is he, sir? The man asked, tell me, so I may believe in him. And Jesus said, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one who is speaking to you. And haven't you felt that in your heart? Haven't you felt Jesus speak to you? Maybe you're watching an old Billy Graham rerun, or you're watching, you know, a a preacher on podcast, or, or, or you're just, you know, at home and you turn the Bible on you version on your phone or your iPad and you're in the kitchen doing dishes and you felt God. You're driving down the road. You're going over the Courtney Campbell Causeway. Beautiful environment. And you just see in nature the power and the presence of God. And you know that even though you've made a boatload of mistakes, even though in your best moments you know you still don't qualify for the kingdom of God, you know it's unexplainable but it's undeniable that God is at work wooing you who is he sir tell me that I may believe you've now seen him Jesus said he is the one speaking to you and what I like about this next part of the story is the guy doesn't ask a thousand theological questions the guy knows that God's up to something in his life and he responds Lord I believe it says Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him, and he worshiped him. And so what is the key for you and I to keep leaning in and growing with God? Lord, I believe, and, and I worship you. Lord, I believe, and I worship you. Lord, I can't figure everything else out, but, but, but I, I believe, and I will worship you. This is quite a story. It's an unexplainable story, but it's undeniable. And yet you have the exact same story. It is unexplainable how some of you even got here today. I don't mean getting in your car. I don't mean driving here. I don't mean finding us. We're not the easiest place to find. I tell people, if you can find us, you can worship with us. But how you got to Christ, how you got to surrender... Nobody else in your family is a believer, and yet you surrendered. Nobody else in your business environment but but you. Perhaps everybody in the family dialed in, and you were the prodigal, and you ran away, but you're back. You see, God is the hound dog of heaven. He's never going to stop pursuing you. He will come after you and come after you and come after you with unexplainable events, events, and unexplainable experiences that is absolutely undeniable. And so what do you and I do? Lord, I believe. Lord, Lord I believe. Lord, I believe. And I worship. I worship you. And I want to give you that chance this Lord's Day. i want to ask you to stand right now. We're going to put the salvation prayer on the screen. Maybe you've said this a hundred times. Maybe you've never said it before. I want to give you a chance right now as the prayer partners are going to come down front. Maybe you'd like special prayer today. Maybe you know that there's been some unexplainable experiences in your life, but you're not quite sure what to do with them. And you'd like for somebody to pray with you and pray over you and pray for you this morning. But for those of us in this room that we are Christians, we're like this man who was born blind who can now see. Lord, I believe and I continue to worship you. So we can say this together. We can reaffirm our faith for him. But maybe for some of you in the room this morning, this is the first time you've ever really surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. Let's say this out loud together. Lord Jesus, I accept you as my Savior. I am so grateful that you are able and willing to forgive me of all my sins. I confess that you are the Son of God, and at this moment I give my whole life to you. Thank you for allowing me to become a Christian and to live with you forever. Amen. You see, you were designed for an extraordinary life. Even in this story, they start off with who sinned, this man or his parents? Neither. But for the glory of God to be revealed in his life. That's why you're here today. For God's glory to undeniably shine through you. An extraordinary life. Lord Jesus, thank you for this story. Thank you for healing this man. And thank you for allowing this story to still speak volumes into our lives over 2,000 years later. Thank you, God, for how you have undeniably come into our lives and wooed us and called us to you. We love you in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.